All right. Welcome to the Wildly Tarot Podcast. Hi, Esther. Hi, Ollie. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Esther. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Yay. I was doing a birthday dance. We're just officially changing your birthday to August 5th and 6th from now okay. on. Yes. The 4th is too early. The 4th is not only too early, but it's like smack dab in the middle of my camp weeks. And so I don't can't enjoy it at all. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like an explosion on the 5th and 6th is like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. Did you ever just so we uh, sent Esther a big package with a lot of her decks, which is our standard sort of like every other month. I send her a big package with all of the decks that she's had sent to me. Uh, but this time we also put a bunch of birthday gifts into it. And did you ever check the tracking for it? Because at a certain point it was like being processed through facility after facility in Seoul. <laughs> like it kept being like processed through facility, Seoul, Korea, Republic of like over and over. <laughs> Over and over again, I was like, "Are they going to process it through like seventeen different facilities before they freaking let it get to Esther's house?" <laughs> I know. Well, I had checked it Monday, I think, because I was like, "Okay, so I I just needed to know when it kind of left." the airport for me to kind of be able to know if it was going to get there Monday or Tuesday. So I checked it Monday. Yeah. I was like, okay, I think it's going to get there Tuesday. And which is my, my birthday was Tuesday. And then it didn't get there Tuesday. I was like, where is it? <laughs> because usually it's like two, I can usually count on it being like two days from the airport once it's been sent out. And it was yeah. sent out like Saturday early morning or something. And I was like, okay, where is this birthday present? Like, where is, because I didn't, I just knew that there was like one or two things. Like I was like, where's my decks? But I was like lollygagging, like, but it was more of just a time concern because it's like, you know, I want to get my stuff. So yeah, (laughs) which is fair. And we've been sending birthday gifts and like holiday gifts to each other for for like, is this the third Third birthday that we've, I think third birthday. Yeah. So for like years, and we always know that there's like a huge, we joke about it on the podcast constantly, how mysterious (laughs) sending things to Korea is. Yeah. And how we never know what's happening ever. But there are really two sticking points, and that is leaving Los Angeles. Yes. Sometimes it'll just be randomly held in Los Angeles forever. And actually, once it's in Korea, before they like spit it out into Korea, when it's at the Korean airport, at the Korean airport, (laughs) I'm only saying these general things in an attempt to give you some anonymity. But I know that there's like probably one big airport in Korea. It's not there's 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 like three airports. One is big and two is small. So it's fine. (laughs) It goes to the big airport. So it's okay. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, the big one, the international one. But yeah, yes. so we, uh, a group of us got together and got Esther a tile set from Jamie Sawyer, which are some of the most beautiful things in the world. Oh, and they're in their bag now. It is the bag. I've been cuddling it like all day, like a pillow. It's like a tile pillow. <laughs> Very comfortable. And Jenna from Moonlit Fay made a specific bag for it. But I did pull some of the tiles out of the box when they got to my uh-huh. house. And I did have a moment of like, oh, shit, now I need these. <laughs> I know. Well, the good thing is, is that even if you're not into sp- in the Spirit Keepers Tarot, which is the edition that they got me of Jamie's tiles, Jamie has so many other tiles available. Yeah. You can just like pick or choose whatever you want. So. Seriously. It's so cool. Like if you want, there's just a so lot cool. of collaborations going on. But we know that Spirit Seekers is Esther's like soul deck. So Yes. yes. <laughs> 
it is. I already have two copies just in case a dog eats something or there's a fire. And so now I have to worry about actually this one being kindling for a fire. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. I had a flat. So we always are having like a lot of wildfires near my house because we live in California and that just happens every August. And there's a huge one raging right now. And I live in the middle of suburbia, so I'm not really that worried about fires. But I did have this moment the other day where I was like, now that I've moved all of my tarot stuff upstairs to my office rather than Uh downstairs where Nathan's been working since he started working from home. I don't know why, but that additional like 20 feet makes it feel like there's no way that I could save any of my decks in case (laughs) of a fire. Like for some reason in the downstairs, it seems like, oh, I could just grab all of them. Like that would even be possible. Like break a window and just like usher them out. Exactly. Can you just like, can you just like break your office window and just start chucking tarot decks out into the lawn? Yeah, exactly. Into my neighbor's yard. It's like, save my babies. (laughs) Or just have like a big Santa bag there just in case where you can just like, like shelf. Push everything in like supermarket sweep sort of like deal. Yeah, like, which is, by the way, streaming on Netflix if anyone wants to watch supermarket sweep. I love it. It just made me laugh. Anyway, should we talk about it. tarot? <laughs> Maybe. Let me finish shuffling these cards. And I'm get a so card happy today. that it's your birthday. I love I birthdays and I love I, you and I'm so I glad you, you were born and I'm so glad Thank you're in you. this world. Thank you. It didn't feel very birthday because my birthday was the busiest day of my week because yeah. I literally had like an hour of downtime and between like teaching phonics to little children and then teaching, you know, adult English. Adults. Yeah. Well, so. and also since you're going on vacation in a couple of weeks, it feels like that's sort of like birthday yes. birthday. And then this yes. is sort of just like time. Yay. Exactly. <laughs> this is, this is the exact moment. Astrologically I was born later. I shall celebrate my actual birthday birthday. Yeah, which I think in May when it was my actual birthday, I was like, you know, this pandemic will be over so soon and we'll just celebrate then. (laughs) (laughs) Seize the day, past Holly, seize the day. (laughs) Oh, it's hilarious to think about now. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. But also kind of hilarious because my one of my friends, Meg, is was supposed to be getting married in May. And they obviously canceled it. They postponed it to September. And then we got an email yesterday saying that they were actually going to postpone it till October of 2021. Uh But my mom, who's like so desperate to do something fun. She's like, are we still going to go? And I was like, yeah, I think we'll probably be fine by October of 2021. Right. I mean, I fucking hope so. Uh And she's like, oh, man, I didn't read the year right. (laughs) She's like, I wrote Meg's wedding in Sharpie on my calendar for the oh, whole no. week in October of 2020 because she was so excited. Oh, my gosh. Oh, your poor mom. <laughs> I know. I was like, Mom, I know that like in our little in her little rural part of Northern California, it feels like things are settling down. But yeah. <laughs> Nope. No, we're not going to go to Nashville this October. That's for damn sure. Nashville's please like. Please don't go to Nashville. Please. Yeah. please, please. <laughs> don't go there. I love it's Nashville fun. so much. Every time I've been, I've been like, yep, this is one of the coolest places in the whole world. It's so much fun. But that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. So anyway, okay. this fall of 2021, we're all going to be doing such fun stuff, and I can't wait. Yeah, I know. It's like making these future plans. Future Holly's totally going to celebrate her birthday in May of 2022. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the cool thing is that you guys, you all in Korea are like kind of 
coming out of it. And so you can do vacation safely. Yeah. We're we're at that, like, we're, we're getting very little cases. Most of the cases that have been coming in are, like, people that have traveled from out of the country and coming into the country. Yeah. And so that's, like, the nice thing. But it's still, it took a lot to get here. Like, my yeah. are the bus drivers are so, so over it here that they they don't open the doors unless everyone in line to get on the bus has a mask on and they're like point like they're pointing at people going mask mask <laughs> like, and every, I, like today a girl like slapped her brother like get your mask on like so we can get on the bus <laughs> we need to get moving <laughs> exactly wear this mask you idiot <laughs> like literally that's I know this what she said so I was said the same I thing think- my brother. I truly feel like that might be more beneficial than what we're currently de- dealing with, where masks are like so political. Like, just yeah, yeah, get just people into it. them. Get in the bus. Yeah. Exactly. I also love siblings in those situations because they're the only person who can be like, seriously, if you fuck this up, I'll murder you. Exactly. And no court in the world will convict me. I know. We have to go. The bus driver's going to be on my side, you idiot. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh my God. I, I love, love it. it. Okay, are we ready okay. for a car of the day? Yeah, I guess so. Well, yeah, we might as well get the show on the road eventually. I just like talking to you so much. I mean, I, I've having the uh, like shortened schedule has been a freaking godsend because this yes. month has been so much smoother without yes. us recording every single week, and so that's really awesome for like a little summer thing because we're oh, so yeah, busy yeah. with work in the summer. But also, I miss seeing your face weekly so much. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Same. Okay, our card of the day from it's Star Seeker. Yes, Star Seeker yes. Tarot is Justice. Oh yay! I think so. It's like I think it's just like affirming, refining that balance, refining that center. Like to me, that's it's not like temperance sort of balance. It's more of just like that foundational balance where you're coming back to who you are, what you know yourself to be. And then going forward from there. So, yeah. Yay. And also, both of our questions are about signed contracts, sort of. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. So, I like that too. <laughs> I love it. Yay. Okay. So, our first question is from Christina. And she says, I recently did a tarot reading for myself and I need some help interpreting it. I'm an elementary art teacher and I was just hired in a new district. I'm overall very excited, but a little nervous, and not just because of all COVID changes. I wasn't really welcomed by my last district, no matter what I did seemed to be wrong. I eventually won them over in the end, just to have the district make sweeping cuts to the art program, which is why I am starting in a new district this upcoming year. Anyway, I'm trying not to let what happened in the past impact the energy that I will bring to the new job, so I wrote a quick three-card spread to figure things out. Energy of the scroll how I should meet that energy and outcome. The cards I got were star, six of wands, and seven of swords. So she got star for energy of the school, how she Mm. should meet that energy, six of wands, and the outcome is the seven of swords. I love the message of the first two cards. Who wouldn't? But I'm not sure what the (laughs) seven of swords could mean in this context. I usually don't have as positive as an interpretation as 
of the seven as you both do and would love to hear what you thought. It's not that we have a positive interpretation. It's that we think that sneakiness can be valuable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it is. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I, I mean, I think that those first two cards you're totally right yeah. are really cool. But I think the other thing of the energy of the, the star is kind of interesting because I think that like the gut reaction for the star is so positive, but also it's almost like idealistic. Yes. Like, so maybe where there's conflict is that there's this I upholding the energy of the school is like, we're this beacon. We're so blah, blah, blah. We accomplish all of this stuff. And so it's like exciting to be under the light of that star, but also yes. isn't like a whole picture of how people are interacting. Mm -hmm. Like we've talked about before, I think even probably on the podcast, how in education, which both of us work in education as our day jobs, it's so easy for us to get trapped in less than ideal situations because we truly believe in the mission of education and access and equity and all of these things that arise in education. And so like you can say, you know, this is really important to me. So I'll withstand a lot of shittiness because the school I'm working at or the department I'm in or the class that I'm teaching or whatever is being upheld as this like, example of how good things can be like look at this hopefulness look at all this creation yeah. and change we're having and so maybe there's like some digging in deeper that you could do about the star to see sort of like what component like maybe an upside downside thing like what's the upside yeah. of the star energy what could be the downside of it to offer some clarity about the seven of swords yeah and for an outcome I not to say that I don't like outcome things because I just think outcomes are so final because you don't know when the outcome's going to come. You know, yeah. you don't know if the outcome's going to be like in you know, 25 10 years, years. <laughs> yeah. or in like, you know, three months, you know, out. So to me, like the position of outcome for the school, like I, that I wouldn't use that in my personal experience. Like I would not probably say outcome. I would probably say like, you know, how will things go? Like, how will, how will I fit in with the school? Things like that, because that would be more beneficial than just knowing like, you know, an outcome, I guess. Yeah. Because since it's so I like, feel like that's changed in our own personal reading practices since getting more into Lenormand, like realizing yeah. that outcome might be too amorphous to get a really clear reading about because yeah. Lenormand wants you to be so specific. And that's something that we've adopted when we read Lenormand read is like, I need a time frame for this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, but also with the seven of swords, like this could be a time for you to gather resources for you to gather education for yourself. And like, mm -hmm. you know, this may not be a final school for you. So this is a good to end to me with the star coming up. It's kind of like a place of rest for you almost. So yeah. you can use this time to kind of like gather things together and kind of use this time for educational purposes for yourself, maybe. You know, instead of thinking of this as just a like an expression of you just giving all the time, maybe this is something yeah. you need to receive as well. Oh, true. Maybe that's sort of like, well, I guess we could also pull additional cards for outcoming things. But I do think that that's a really good point. And the other part is that an outcome, I feel more comfortable with the true outcome if it's less action oriented and the set because you're looking for sort of like a static outcome. And the seven of swords being an outcome feels more active. So yes. I almost feel like maybe pulling cards for like where to bring that seven of swords energy. Yeah. Might give more clarity. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think so. Especially because Seven of Swords can be so, you know, either, you know, you could be so, like, sneaky and, you know, stuff like that. Or it can be, like, the gathering of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we pull a card of, like, clarification for the Seven of Swords? Okay. Oh. I got the star again and the Knight of Swords. Huh. Well, that's another sword. Yeah. And I got the Ace of Cups and the Hanged Man. Huh. Ace of Cups, Hanged Man. Okay. I feel like then what you would need to be a little bit Seven of Swordsy about is like how much of your emotional self you give versus how much of your like pushing forward and, you know, trying new things and aspirational actions you're mm-hmm. focusing on. So not that this won't, not that this will be like a toxic environment, like past environments have been, but maybe just like here, keep to yourself and keep an eye on like the mission of the school with the star popping up again and like, you know, moving yourself forward rather than letting yourself get embroiled with like trying to befriend everybody and stuff yeah. like that. Like just sort of focusing on you. I think what you said earlier about like, gathering education and information and resources comes through here where it's Mm -hmm. like, don't let the emotional components of being at a new school that you're like, hopeful will be more positive, be the focus, like make the focus moving forward intellectually, even though so often the Knight of swords is like a little bit chaotic. It still does have that components component of like seeking and searching and doing more intellectual Mm -hmm. things. So like kind of focusing on that growth in that area. Right. And with the hanged one coming Mm -hmm. up, it's definitely to me, like take a step back, you know, don't set your expectations of yourself too high to be accepted. You know, you're, you're maybe to have, you may have a different purpose here than what you initially intended and what you expect. So definitely to me, it's, this is definitely more of like a, like a going more internal sort of like thing that actually you giving, like I said before. Don't you feel like I, based on all of the cards, I feel like there's like maybe a component of this new school where there's a lot of like louding, lauding, L-A-U-D. Yeah. Yeah. Lauding. I only ever read that word. I rarely (laughs) say it. There's a lot of lauding. Um, And so like the idea that you should bring in this sort of celebration and like feeling of accomplishment with the six of wands showing up in the earlier uh, reading Mm -hmm. for yourself. It's like there might be some surface level stuff here. Yeah. Like it might be kind of a shallow place that has like high ideals and that you everyone feels really excited and proud of. But that Mm -hmm. like you still need to be thinking about what you're getting out of it, like what you're learning and what you're able to accomplish rather than getting like swept up in sort of the enthusiasm of like celebrating everything. Yes. I completely agree. Well, good luck, Christina. Yeah. Good luck. This is really interesting way to approach a question. So yeah, I like it when people send us what they got. I love interpreting cards. I mean, I know it's like the dumbest thing I've ever said out loud. (laughs) I love interpreting cards. Oh, Um, really? Holly, you've, (laughs) you have a podcast about about this. (laughs) I'm so excited for this next question. Holly, get on with this next question. Okay. Do it. Okay. Do it. This is a question from my actual sister, Katie. Yay! <laughs> Hi, Katie. I know. A longtime listener. It's been a long time since she's asked a question, but she, and this is like, this made me laugh so hard because her question was, what should I know to make the most of the new job that I just accepted? And I said, 
Katie, would you like to provide additional context? Because normally listeners will like give some context. And she said, nope, I prefer to be difficult. (laughs) As expected. And I was like, okay. At first I thought she was joking, but no, she never provided any additional context. And she... She makes me laugh really hard because she's a cancer and obviously the cancer energy I really love. You have a moon and rising in cancer. My mom has cancer sun. My sister has cancer sun. My husband has cancer rising. Like there's a lot of cancerian energy that I really love, but she also has a Scorpio rising sign and her moon is in Aries. And so she can be (laughs) sort of impulsive and like, (laughs) like jokey, like, nope, nope, Nope. won't do it. Nope. Yep. (laughs) I love it. So even when I said, she's like, I feel like everyone's going to know you already have the context. I was like, yes, but tell me what you do and do not want me to say. (laughs) She's just (laughs) never responded to my text. Well, all bets are off, Holly. Tell us everything. (laughs) Yeah. So now I'm going to just give all of your business. No, I'm just kidding. She's like probably yelling at her phone right now. She's listening to it. (laughs) Don't you dare. But for those of you who've been longtime listeners, she started a master's program in speech pathology two years ago. It just finished. Uh, She was doing her externship at a hospital, I guess, through the end of this week. But she's been there all summer. Yeah. And she just accepted a job doing speech pathology for like an occupational therapist firm. And we want to make sure that she gets the most out of it. Yes. And I'm so, and so I'm so proud of her because this was like know. such a long time goal. And she just freaking made it happen because she's a badass. Well, because when we first started this podcast and she was giving us questions, like she had just entered the, her program, I think. Yeah. Like yeah. she was just considering it and stuff like that. We were answering questions about like, how is this program going to do? And so like, it feels very circular. I don't know. Yeah. Like we've gone to the whole point of this whole circle. entire podcast was to get Katie through grad school. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Katie. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You're welcome. I just like, I think she's so cool. And one of the funny things that I think maybe all speech pathologists do this. I don't even know if she would be cool with me calling her a speech pathologist because technically she hasn't started that job yet. She's just barely licensed. A pre-speech pathologist. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think she won't find out or she won't be officially licensed till the end of this month, but I'm still going to call her a speech pathologist. She'll like, if she ever interacts with our friends or cousins, children or anything, She's always like, great job with speech. Like she like picks up on that so much. And it's so cute. And she'll oh be like, gosh. like when I got my my dental aligners, like my off-brand Invisalign. Oh, she yeah, was like yeah. giving me tips about how to stop lisping. She had this moment with one of my cousins who has a little boy um who is doing fine with speech, but like my cousin is a little bit worried about him because he has this really, really verbal older sister. And, you know, there's this whole range of appropriate timeframes where people start like having sort of benchmarks for language. And, um, my sister was like, yeah, he's like completely fine. Don't even worry about it. But if you want to pay me to help him, Yes, Katie. I can Have I can link money. you up. I can link you up with some speech pathologists if you're truly worried about it, but it'll be okay. <laughs> Love it. Good for you, Katie. And also throughout her program, we realized that the school counselor in our elementary school was also was also the speech therapist. And we can't figure out, and my mom doesn't remember because she has similar brain issues to me. One of us, the one of the three of us, my, me and my siblings, used to go to speech therapy. And we can't figure out which one of us it was. (laughs) Because we all would go to talk to her. 
because he was yeah. like the school counselor. And also our parents were super like anti-participation in dare because they like oh, the right. first day they're like, if you think your parents don't do drugs, coffee is a drug. Alcohol is a drug. And we went home and I, as the oldest went home and told my parents that. And my dad was like, Oh, what the fuck? They won't teach you Spanish in school, but they're teaching you that your parents are drug addicts because they drink coffee. Great. <laughs> Gosh, that's hilarious. So I, so we had to, we were like the children of those problem parents who like, <laughs> you know, had to go to the library during dare every week and stuff because we weren't allowed to participate. <laughs> I love it. I love They're it. They're like, so if anyone's going to teach my kids about drugs, it's going to be me. <laughs> it's going to be me. I'm going to do it myself. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, Katie's a professional. I should get back on track with her topic. Um, but I think that she, because she came from sort of an environment where her, her last job before grad school had that thing that we were just talking about with like being in a situation that's really difficult, but believing in the mission so much that you're willing to put up with people kind of treating you less well. Oh, right. I uh-huh. think that that's sort of an area that she's a little bit wary of because she still believes in the mission of speech pathology yeah. so much. And I think she just gets a little bit worried that she's going to be in a situation where she has to constantly be like, reestablishing boundaries all mm-hmm. the time, which is something that she has experience with. Okay. So what can she do to make the most of this new job? I guess we could just each pull two cards about it. Okay. Okay. My sister. I love it so much. I can't wait for you to be out about all of this so that your sisters can think of you as just like the coolest person in the world. I don't One know of them will. Happen. One of them <laughs> will. will. See. Like, I You'll know get... my co- uh, cousins will, but we'll see. <laughs> my actual like siblings will eventually. We'll see. <laughs> my husband's trying to get me out there, so we'll see. Maybe sooner than later. Yeah, he's trying to force you into being public. Oh my god, how funny! I got the Seven of Swords and the Hermit. <laughs> oh how! Oh wow! Okay, I got the Knight of Swords, the Moon. Yeah. So lots of like internal energy going on. I think that again, with the boundary setting, it's something that you're really used to. And now you can start off creating boundaries going into a new job, but having mm-hmm. the hermit and the seven of swords be the two cards I pulled are like, don't get too embroiled in these people kind of like keep to yourself and mm-hmm. get from the experience what you need from it. Right, right. Especially because, like, mimicking our previous question, I got the Knight of Swords. So yeah. using this time as a time to gather the information and make your resume better. Like, I hate saying it that way, but, you know. I don't. You know, that's <laughs> what our... true. And especially the, because to me, the moon is kind of, because it's that big, it's the big card with the hermit. And both of those, just a second. Home is home. Anyang. <laughs> <laughs> But as I was saying, the other, like, these two readings, like, really mimic each other a lot. And the moon energy, to me, it's, like, going to be a time of not necessarily you questioning, but a time of you, uh, of Katie having to kind of go through this pathway trying to avoid certain things. That's what I see. And I think that it makes sense for that to be kind of showing up in both readings because both situations are people accepting jobs in the middle of a pandemic where yeah. like we feel less like we can be picky and choosy 
if we're right. between jobs right now, like you just have to accept anything that you're offered almost uh-huh. not like in a bad way. I'm sure that it's still going to be exciting and great, but oh, you're yeah. not like holding out for the perfect job when you're graduating into a, or changing jobs in the middle of a pandemic. I, and right. this is like kind of a side note, but I've been having this conversation a lot with my students because I graduated from college in 2009 uh-huh. and a lot of my juniors and seniors are now coming to me kind of having similar conversations to the ones that I had with mentors when I was a junior and senior being like, right. So you're telling me that in like 18 months, I'm supposed to just be out in the world looking for my dream job. And the idea yep. of us starting and you graduated from college right when I did too, a year earlier. Yeah. Right. Uh, so like, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So we, I just think that like the, the, I don't want to say desperation, but the, I guess anxiety. Anxiety. Yeah. I mean, I think the anxiety surrounding like, what does this job mean for me long-term is really amped up when there's so much like economic uncertainty. Yeah. And so if you just look at each job as like the next step before making an additional decision, like you and I both have had such windy paths and Mm -hmm. like, you know, deciding that a job didn't work for you and finding something else. And like, you know, you moved to Korea and you know, there's just like, there's a lot of decisions that we're making. And I think that part of that comes from us graduating from college in the middle of an economic crisis. And I feel like a lot of the times anybody who's kind of job searching now might have those same gut instincts of like, well, I should just take this just to be safe, which is fine. And that's valuable, but I think that that's why there's like this overlap of kind of like looking out for yourself and getting from these experiences what you need to move forward. Exactly. Because then it's not like this has to be the thing that's the best thing for you forever. Exactly. Yeah. And can be valuable, but because you're intentionally going into it thinking, I'm going to learn everything I can. I'm going to get what I need out of this. I'm going to keep my head down. You know, Uh keep out of the bullshit and I'm going to get through this. And I pulled another card of the devil. So I feel like there might be some of that boundary stuff that Katie will need to be where not wary of, but aware of going into it of just like, here's kind of what I here's what my contract says. Here's what I'm going to be doing. You know, exactly. Yeah. Other stuff. and all of this is like energy for yourself. This is not you yeah. giving to other people. So it's okay for there to be a sense of selfishness in this sort of job arena with both Christina's question and Katie's question. It's okay to use this as a stepping stone for your next job or for your next you know step in life right. if this is not going to be it forever. And another component of it is, is that you can do your best for your students and your clients while still maintaining really good boundaries with the system that you're working within. Like, I think that that's kind of where the questionable boundaries happen is if somehow your boss or your organization is conflated with doing the most for your students or clients. Mm -hmm. So you can be the best speech pathologist. You can be the best art teacher. You can be the most supportive support structure for your students without letting the support structure above you crush you. And so that's kind of where the boundary setting comes into play. And just like understanding that there will be, it's easier to let people just tell you what to do, but that's like a short-term solution. And then the Mm long-term not having those boundaries is really difficult. And so like Katie, just focus on you and this is going to be good if you can. And you're going to learn a lot. There's a lot of those swords. So many swords, so many swords. (laughs) I'm so excited for her. I know. So she's gonna be so good at this. 
I'm so I know. Excited. I know. And she's she just had a birthday. Mm-hmm. She just turned 29. She just turned 29. And so she's like done with grad school, starting a new job. There's just all of these really fun sort of transition moments that yeah. are happening right when she's like completing her Saturn return, which oh, I love. That's so awesome. I know. Oh, I love it. But I was like, you know, you going to grad school at this point makes total sense because of your Saturn return. And she's like, <laughs> I don't care. I don't know what that is. <laughs> It was so funny because I had no idea what a Saturn return was until like earlier this year. And then when I looked, I was like, um, Esther, no wonder everything changed. Like that I is mean, like the exact moment everything changed for me. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the cool things about it. I just read a romance novel. I got an advanced copy of this romance called um, Written in the Stars, mm-hmm. which was really good. And I definitely recommend it. And it's basically like a pop culture astrologer, like a sort of like Twitter astrologer, internet astrologer yeah. who's writing a book is one of the heroines and the other one's an actuary and actuaries don't, I like don't know anything about them, but the character is a Capricorn sun Taurus rising, which I was like, okay. I, I relate to this character a lot uh, with sort of like the structure or whatever, but she's much more of a skeptic. Um, and the astrologer character was explaining to her that it's like, like you want to find a framework that explains things. It's not like you're, like removing yourself from an active role when you're saying like, Oh, well it was my Saturn return or whatever. It's saying like my experience is normal because astrologically, this is something that a lot of people that everyone experiences too. And it's a way of kind of like frameworking your shit. And when I learned about the Saturn return, it was kind of the same thing. I was like, even though I didn't, I did switch jobs, but it was the same career and in the same area. But when I was 27, we like bought a house. We moved to a new town. Like I yeah. might have stayed in the same organization work wise, but it was still like this huge transformational year. And it was also like yeah. the year that I started getting into tarot and stuff like that. So it's like all of these things align for so many of us when we're like 27, yeah. 28, 29. <laughs> right. I know. I was just like, whoa, that was like legit. I was like, okay, that was, yeah. was <laughs> what else is going to be right. Let's and then go. we got those, those Lilith readings from Benavel when and we're like, Oh, oh God. my gosh. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I cannot even start talking about that reading because it's just like every single moment she was like reading me for filth. And I'm like, I know. okay, this is so bad. Benavel. Why do you, are you so smart and know so much? <laughs> I got like three quarters of the way through mine and had to stop because I couldn't handle it anymore. I need to like do it in dribs and drabs reading yeah, all yeah, 40 yeah. pages at once was too much much. (laughs) it's a lot but it's just like this is scary how kind of accurate all this is like what like it's it's so funny because we're like not like we believe it and yet we're still shocked you know what i mean like we i think we both not believe of skepticism like yeah both walk into something like okay well you know we realize that tarot is very you know like each person has their own interpretation of things. You know, we go by instinct and things like that. Astrology, each if a different astrologer will just generically maybe have different interpretations sometimes yeah. than others. Yeah. And then like to see like that Benabel like sent me something. I was like, she's like, you have respiratory problems. You don't need to live in this. You don't need to live in the countryside. You need to live <laughs> in the city. And while I'm having pollen attacks in my <laughs> lungs, and I'm like, Benabel, how what? dare you? Yeah, exactly. How did you know? <laughs> yeah, it's just so cool. 
But it's super cool. I, it just makes me so excited for people who are. I mean, it's stressful to be going through it, but it's also so yeah. exciting if so you sort exciting. of like allow yourself to make those changes. It's just so cool to watch. Lean into their Saturn return. Lean into it. It's okay. Exactly. Exactly. I love it so much. Yeah. All right, sis. Well, good freaking luck. You got this. You, I believe Katie. in you. Yeah, we love Thank you, you so much. Question. I'm so glad you <laughs> yeah. said the question. Me too. Finally, finally, Sister Katie. Finally, my Sister Katie. Sister Katie is funny because her last job before grad school was also at a Catholic school where there are sisters. <laughs> Including the sister who gave me my first Oracle deck, the angel. Oh, cards. she's still there. Oh, she's retired, but they're nuns. So they're still there. They're still there. <laughs> she's, she's no she's longer the assistant go. head of school, but she's still a nun. So she's, she's still, still there. there all the time. <laughs> <laughs> she's retired, but she lives there. So yeah, exactly. Because nuns are nuns forever. They don't stop being nuns when they stop being educators. <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right. Shall we do some Patreon shout outs? Yes, let's do it. Okay, so for Desiree, one, two, three. I would I pulled out the Golden Girls Tarot from oh, fun. Logan for my birthday. Another birthday gift. Yes. Okay, so for Desiree, your card is the Hermit. Oh, this is such a Aww. cute card. A I know. Rose in the darkness. It's so cute. Look at, I think about, we should review that deck next week. I think we should. Or two yes. weeks from now. Two weeks okay. from now, but yes. Yes, we should. Decision made. Yes. I love that. I love the like pop art graphics and all the florals and like yes. leaf the patterns. Or everything. Okay, we can't review the deck before net. two weeks. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we'll review Golden Girls in two weeks. <laughs> Uh, can we? What's two weeks from now? Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, can. Two we weeks can. from now, we can. Um, okay, so Erica, your card is the moon. Ooh, that's two majors in a row. What's going on, you guys? Okay, and then last but not least, we have Austin. And your card is the Knight of Pentacles. I really need ah. to watch the Golden Girls again because some of these side <laughs> characters are hysterical. I, love I know. It. It's so oh, good. So good. It was one of the shows that I used to watch like sneakingly at night when my parents <laughs> didn't know what I was watching. It helped frame. Would they a lot have of... disapproved of that? I guess they yes. were like, <laughs> yeah, they would have. Blanche being such a hussy, hussy, them being pro gay. That's what. It felt oh, that's like. yeah. true. Yeah, man, you really escaped something, girlfriend. I did, but I <laughs> did, girls. I did. The golden the girl the golden girls pulled me out from that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man. I read Rue McClanahan's autobiography like six years ago, and I just uh -huh. I had never seen the Golden Girls. But after reading her autobiography, I would became completely obsessed with her. Oh, and so yeah. obviously I had to watch it. She's amazing. She and she as a human, I just think that like all of the or at least she and Betty White had such prolific careers in sort of uh -huh. the studio system before the 80s. And it's, yeah. and I obviously love that whole thing. I'm like a huge fan of You Must Remember This. Like, I oh, just yeah. love sort of Hollywood history and stuff like that. But it's so cool to read autobiographical accounts of that, because I think mm -hmm. that we think of like, you know, everyone knows that like. Some, you know, everyone has heard these names, but like, what was it like to be just kind of more of a, like a working actor in yes. the studio system? Because Ruby yeah. Clanahan was not, you know, Doris Day. She was like, yeah, 
just a working actress, like living her life. Yeah. And it's so cool to read autobiographical stuff about that. I'm a huge nerd oh, for it. So good. Oh, I love she's it. so funny. So, good. so pretty. <laughs> she is. Okay. Do we have any other announcements? I don't think so. No, we have some pending things in the future. So be excited for us. Yeah. Of what's going <laughs> to maybe, 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 maybe I'm manifesting it. It's manifesting. It's coming. <laughs> It's coming. It's ours, Holly. It's ours. It's ours. All right. I'll take it. Uh, and we're going to keep doing the summer school thing through the rest of August. And again, we really appreciate it, everyone, for being so supportive of that. It's made such a world of difference in like yes. our ability to keep doing the podcast. We have always had really busy summers. And when we've pushed ourselves to be doing weekly episodes, it just is a disaster. It is. It's burnout so. city and... It's I'm very, very grateful for you all for understanding why we're doing yeah. this. But next week, I think it's going to be our first Lenormand episode, a re-release of that. So yeah. get excited for those people who have been asking us about Lenormand recently. Ugh. And uh, which is so good. is exciting. Yeah, it seriously. is so exciting. I found a, a, like a stack of five of our Lenormand cards behind a desk. And I was like, have I been using this deck without any of these cards and not noticing? <laughs> The answer was most likely yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like the five worst cards in the deck. You're like, I don't need these. These are I'm okay without these. <laughs> it definitely included clouds. So I just left the negative influences card behind a desk for weeks. I love Who it. Who even knows how long. Oh. All right. So this week we are reviewing Orion's Tarot from Ambi Sun. And Ambie Sun says about this deck, the Orion's Tarot deck is an animal themed deck that reflects nature through mythical and ethereal memes, allowing you to spiritually connect with the universe and yourself through the unique art of divination. Each card in the Orion's Tarot deck is designed with rich symbolism and innate intuitiveness in mind. Every animal is meticulously selected through thoughtful research and analysis for their metaphorical significance. The deck also references the Rider Waite tarot deck and its influences is prevalent across the cards. Where to find it? You can find it at orionstarot.cc. They are actually still selling some copies of the first edition from the Kickstarter, which is what we have. Yes. Um, but they're also doing pre-orders for the second edition now through their website as well. The second edition has like scarlet red, like shiny edges. And I'm like, do I need this? Ew. No, it's really pretty. Yeah, yeah you do need that. <laughs> I know. I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is my teacher squeaky voice now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're horse girlfriend. I know it's bad. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> oh God. I need to stop calling you that. Cause I know that some people really hate it when s straight women call each other girlfriend. And well, I, I don't always care. call people that. <laughs> I don't care. Call me girlfriend. I don't, I don't care. It's fine. It just comes out of my mouth. <laughs> they can deal uh, with yeah, it. It's you fine. are horse, though. You're yeah, horse. horse. You're losing your voice. Yep. It's almost gone. We're fine. We're pushing through it. It's good. That's, <laughs> I mean, the worst was last summer when camp started. It was pollen season and we were recording once a week. You just like yes. lost your entire voice. And by the end of an episode, I was, it was a whisper. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're not quite that bad yet, but we're almost there. It's fine. Not yet. Not yet. But yes, you should like look at the second edition and the second edition is gorgeous. Right. So the first edition, which we have, has silver edges. And so for the second edition, they're doing crimson. It's like a, yes. It's Scarlet? Crimson? It's like a, Scarlet? It's like a, like a red with like a shiny rainbow still. And it's like so pretty. And you know that I'm like not even that into metallic edging, but I, I do know. like those interesting, colorful metallics. Yeah. 
And also the cardstock is so good that it's like yeah. fine. I did, you can't even see. Yeah, it doesn't stick like normal metallic edges. With the yeah, edges. so let's finish talking about where to find it and then we can talk about the physicality of it. But uh, the first edition has a digital guidebook. Their website actually has all of the guidebook information on it, which I normally, I mean, I the second edition will come with, or you can buy a like physical guidebook. And normally I'm totally fine with not having physical guidebooks because typically I don't necessarily refer to each guidebook when I'm using the deck, but because this one is animal based and also so carefully thought out about which animals are where mm -hmm. the guidebook actually is really helpful because I, as we've talked about before, I love seeing what caused authors to make artistic yes. decisions and so it's really fun to read through the guidebook for this one to see sort of like what components of each animal they really want to focus on and like bring forward through the cards. So the digital guidebook is on the website, but you can also, if you already own this deck, buy a physical guidebook through their website in addition to either the first edition or pre-ordering the second edition. The first edition is being dispatched from the United States. Ambison is Australian. And so there's like some shipping issues because of the global pandemic. <laughs> I don't know why I'm always like, because of the, I'm always like hand motioning, you know, all of the world, all of, this whole thing because is on of fire. this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I think that if you're interested in the first edition, the remaining decks are being dispatched from the U S for our U S and North American listeners. So it could be here pretty quickly to you. Yeah. Um, but like I said, you can buy the book sort of a la carte if you would like to and, or, order the first or second pre-order. The cards themselves are normal tarot deck sized. They're 330 GSM. It is apparently German premium black core, which means that it feels really sturdy, even though they're pretty thin, uh -huh. because what they do is they insert like a more significant core into the cardstock. Um, it has this like anti-scuff coating that makes it feel almost plasticky like it's so yeah. smooth that it's kind of it feels sort of similar to plastic decks that i have but it's just the coating. yeah it is yeah S super easy to shuffle super easy to shuffle and weirdly like the deck itself is not very thick it, it doesn't like it's no compact it's, yeah it's very compact like it's probably one of my favorite decks to ever shuffle because yeah. the black core in the center doesn't like nothing kind of waffles or bends really easily like and morphs essentially it will eventually morph because that's how paper works but <laughs> it's just a component of paper hello people <laughs> things will change it's fine <laughs> Sorry. unless you get that thousand gsm rune deck that rachel has <laughs> rachel has Thousand GSM, you guys. That's like a coaster. It is a coaster. It is a coaster. So yeah, it, but like it's seriously one of my favorite decks to shuffle. It's so easy to shuffle. The metallic edging does not stick together, and it's just a dream. It's just a dream. Yeah, of cards. It's such a dream to shuffle. Totally. Uh, construct variations are that it's only animals. Um, otherwise, it adheres to the Rider Waite Smith pretty closely um it has the traditional page knight queen and king designation for the court cards but there's mm -hmm. not a single human whatsoever on any Never. card it's yeah. all there's not even like a hand yeah exactly nothing at all the only indication that humans exist in the universe of the Orion's tarot is that 
There are cups and swords and wands. Yes. <laughs> Pentacles. Yes. yes. Cute handmade things that somehow ended up in the universe. But yeah, yeah other but than that. No, no human humans beings. whatsoever. Yep. Tell me about how you would describe the tone of this deck. Like it's really interesting color it's like way. watercolors in some cards. Like it's kind of watercolory, but like very bold watercolors. It's like galaxy. You know yeah. when people take like those deep space, long exposure pictures of the Milky Way? Uh-huh. Every single card feels like that. <laughs> yeah. It's it's very much like how you would, like how they color the balls of gas in the universe. Like with the brighter, the darker reds and the greens and the blues and stuff like that. It, it, yeah. It's kind of like and a, all the deep purples. Yeah. It's very like smoky, hazy. That's why I saw, thought watercolory because it's not like necessarily like the bright colors, but the way that it like the smoke sort of like fades, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a good way to describe it. And also like each, if something is a color, like Uh if something is all blues, it has that sort of like watercolor wavy sort of like depth of color versus sort of like a less saturated version to kind of create that movement. And that feeling of you of all of these things being in space in some ways. Like it's weird because it's all animals and they all feel really naturalistic, but also ethereal and like spacey because the the colors are like toned to be sort of galaxy colors. And it's like really dark, like not like the colors are dark where it's like blacks and like deep purples and maroons and things, but it doesn't feel like overwhelming. Like I would say, What's the deck that we hate so much? We don't hate any decks, Esther. <laughs> but are you talking about Wayward Dark? <laughs> no, 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 no. I was talking about Is that the animal me? deck. Kim Kim Kranz's first. Oh deck. yeah, 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 yeah. Wild Unknown. Yeah, Wild Unknown. Because Wild Unknown, it has like lots of blacks and lots of darker colors, but it feels like overwhelming. Well, and also that is a lot more like dark slashing lines and all of this feels much more graceful. Like, I think that like the whimsy in this deck, it feels like, okay. So when people describe things as being moody, this is like Uh moody, like all the colors are really deep and saturated and dark and moody. And it's so cool. The really interesting part is that the three kind of like bright cards, there's only like three bright cards. It's like the sun, which is all yellow. It's like literally yeah. the only bright card. The three of wands, oh. which is kind of like tonally like there, like orangey, like a little bit brighter. And then the page of wands. So it's like two wands and the sun are like the only kind of bright cards. Everything else is kind of like darker toned greens, blues, and purples. I should not have started looking through it again because I'd already selected all my favorite cards. And then I see the motherfucking three of cups with the stupid uh, oh, giant yeah. rodents. Wombats. What are those called? Wombats. Are they wombats? Oh, I, I thought think that they're they were the quarkas. 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 Look at their dumb faces after. <laughs> I know. I did have that one pulled out as a favorite card of mine. So you can put okay, it back. Okay, good, 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 good. The cute aggression <laughs> in this deck is astronomical. Off the chain. Off the chain. <laughs> Yeah. Um, level level of readings. I feel like I, as somebody who's pretty confident, feel still questionable about this, but I can't ever yes. figure out if that's because I don't usually love animal decks. I think it's because the way that they created the deck, like with it being so intentional with the details and me not knowing all those details of why they chose that specific animal is intimidating. Yeah. 
I think that you're that you just put to words what I was thinking. It's almost like it's easy to read with, but you also want to be looking everything up. So it does kind of yes. mess with that flow because you want to see why the artist chose things that they chose. And so it's not something that I would like necessarily do like when I'm reading for somebody else or pull a uh-huh. spread from because I would want to know like why this card was chosen and like dig yeah. into that a little bit more. Right. I'd want to study about this deck a little more, kind of just like I would want to study about Brady Tarot, because there's so many details in both of these yeah. those animal decks that I'm not aware of, even though I love animals, but there's something oh, I'm yeah. just not aware of that I don't want to, like, fuck the meaning up. You know, like, it's so yeah. much different. Even though it's based on RWS with some of the depictions, it's not RWS. And so yeah. that's, in and of itself, it would make it a little bit more difficult to read, for me, at least. So Yeah, totally. And I, I completely agree with you. Let's talk about our favorite cards, though. I want to. I pulled up all of the guidebooks definitions okay. for all of mine because I think that at least for some cards, we should talk about the guidebook definition because the information about why the animal was chosen is so cool in every single yes. case. I may have you be my personal assistant for that because okay. I'm on a different computer. So. Okay, so uh, what do I start? Okay, we'll start with where the obvious is. I love the magician. The snakes around the sword was probably one of the first, I think one of the first cards I saw them make. And I was just like, yeah. this is amazing. Cause, <laughs> you know, because like snakes are demonized. <laughs> I love so that I'm- noise. That was like a full body reaction. <laughs> it was. I was just like, what's this deck and how can I get it? But it's just like the snakes are like a maroon and a green. It's just beautiful. Like, yeah. just, this card is just so beautiful and not intimidating as, like, a, for snakes. It's not yeah, scary. totally. It's a magician. Um, And then my last uh, major card is the sun because I love, like, I don't like, you know me. I don't like the sun. I don't like the naked yeah. baby on the sun. But I love this fucking, I forget what this animal is. It it's a is. rodent beaver. The sun. It's a what gigantic is it? rodent. Uh, it's in South America. Oh, it's a capybara. Yes, capybara. I was like, I taught about this in South America last Look, Okay, last the sun basks the capybara in a warm glow as it nestles into a bed of sunflowers. The capybara is a master of its environment and finds harmony in nature. It trusts in nature and environment to provide for it. The sunflower overflows with positive symbolism such as loyalty, lasting happiness, and good fortune to name a few. The sun reminds us to indulge in happiness. If something brings us joy, we're meant to cherish it. The situation may not last, but the memories and impact will carry on with us forever. And the capybara, have you seen the like internet things with the capybara? Yes, where they have like best friends. Yes, it's so cute. Because <laughs> I taught about them last summer to my kids about like South American animals and things like that. And so I just love it so much. It's so cute. So cute. But the, I just almost cried like even at the meaning of like, you know, the, the, the happiness. Like that's yeah. to me what the sun should be, not a baby on a horse. But okay, okay. I digress. <laughs> This is not the time. And my last four favorites, I just realized, are all cups. <laughs> That's unusual. Although I have a lot this, of cups, too. Yeah. Okay. So I will just go from Ace on down. So the Ace of Cups is my favorite. This otter, otter that's cuddling this cup. It's just so adorable in the greens and, like, the lily pads and things that are there. It's just so cute. I Can I... Criticize yes. it, actually. Yes, it's okay. <laughs> Only because otters are total dicks, and I think that this is giving the otter a lot of credit. It's giving the otter credit. 
But also this scene, I mean, it, the other thing is that it looks like a sea otter, but it has lily pads around it, which is like a freshwater otter Freshwater thing. thing, yeah. So maybe freshwater otters aren't dicks. Maybe sea otters are the ones who are dicks. See, I it, to me it looks like a freshwater otter because sea otters have a different face and different whiskers than the freshwater otters. I don't know. I mean, I am from Consult the book. What does the book say? What does the book say? It just says otter. It doesn't clarify. (laughs) Omni-sun, what is this? Is this a sea otter? (laughs) Or Or a river. Okay, because I am upset. I mean, I'm from Monterey County, and Monterey has this aquarium, and also our bay is just filled with otters. otters. And so the otter is on, like, almost everything. Like, everything (laughs) has an otter on it. And so to me, it looked like a sea otter because, oh, also the Monterey Bay Aquarium used to have an otter exhibit that was really awesome that had, because they have their main stay sea otter exhibit that's really neat, but they had a freshwater exhibit that was so cool. And it was like all of the sort of aquarium style where it's like a glass wall with these huge enclosures. Oh yeah. And so you could see the freshwater otters like playing and being all goofy and they're so cute. And maybe they aren't as big of dicks as sea otters, but sea otters are total assholes. They will tear off your face and they're kind of rapey. Yeah. But also they will tear off your face. They have no, (laughs) yeah. I mean, whatever. Yeah. We're getting involved with their world if we're in the ocean, so we probably deserve it. But also, like, come on. Ace of honors. Cups, kind of tear off your face. Okay, got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I should not be so angry at otters. They probably don't deserve my ire. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. That's been Otter Facts with Holly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of strong feelings. Okay, my next card is the Three of Cups, which, of course, as we said, was the Quokka. Just popping out of these stupid little cups and look at their dumb faces. They're so dumb. I don't know if any animal inspires as much cute aggression in me as the Quokka. <laughs> They're just so just stupid. So cute. It's dumb. <laughs> I and they're love always smiling. So- How can they be always smiling? There's not enough joy in the world to be smiling like that all the time. <laughs> Just for the quokkas, they're so happy. And even in the book, it says called the happiest animals on earth. <laughs> I love them oh so gosh. much. I love it. They're so cute. But it's just like a part. Like this dumb one has one on his head. Have you seen this one? This quokka yes. has one on his stupid head. <laughs> The quokkas have like, broken us, Holly. We've been officially broken by quokkas. No, I think that our just like super ingrained cute aggression is what breaks us. Because once I did tell my friend's new baby that it was a beautiful, stupid idiot. And my friend's mom was like, what is she what? talking about? I have cute aggression, including towards human children, apparently. If, if It happens. It's fine. It happens to the best of us. Okay. Yeah. Next is the Six of Cups, which has these little adorable golden retrievers in a cup. And I think it's so perfect I think those for the are Six goats. of Cups. I think those are goats. They goats? They've always looked like golden retrievers to me. <laughs> Hold on. Let's see. Definitive answer, O'Brien's Tarot. They do. Oh, yeah. They're gulabi goats because they have those long floppy ears. Okay. Okay. So it was just the ears were like making me. They, yeah. That's cute. <laughs> They do look like golden retrievers. Two okay. lobby goats sit in large cups, colorful flower crowns resting on their heads. Aww. They're so sweet. And goats are dumb anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> They're just yeah. like baby goats. They're just so cute. Okay. They're so my, cute. 
My last one is the Fennec Foxes on the Ten of Cups. Oh, yeah. I love them so much. God, so many dumb animals with cute, oh, stupid so faces. Stupid faces. But the Ten of Cups, I just love just all this, this deck. We, I wish we could just do deep dive maybe because like that, um, what was that? Terror course of diving into one deck or whatever that would be like so good for a deck like this. Yeah, totally. Because you can get to know and each you card. can get to know the deck and all the cards and stuff. It'd be perfect. So that'd be good call, Esther. That may be a good idea for after summer school is you know done. <laughs> like you need another project. I know you'll you'll do that in 2022. 2022. I'm putting it on my calendar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, what are your favorite cards? So I also liked the Ace of Cups. Okay. Despite, Despite my, the raping, my rage otters. about otters, um, I also have some cup. So another cup. I love the Queen of Cups. It has a snail on it. But oh yes. The thing that yes, I yes. like the most about it is the terrarium the with the mushrooms. mushrooms it's so just good. so so cool. So yeah. the snail represents apparently a small gradual sort of intuition. So rather than sort of like moving rashly, it's really sensitive and empathetic. Yes. Esther has her hand raised. I I first I thought you said that has like a small grudge. I was like, well, that's very Queen of Cups. (laughs) (laughs) Not small gradual, a small grudge. I was like, well, that's not wrong. (laughs) I've never heard anything more Queen of Cupsy ever. An unevolved Queen of Cups can be a grudge Uh, holder. Yes, definitely. I love it. I like it when I think that like like. I don't want snails to be in my garden at all, but I do like snail imagery a lot. And I think yeah. that it all really comes back to my love of David the Gnome. Did you ever watch that show on PBS? No. Okay. It was a PBS show, but that was about this gnome family. I also have a like big coffee table book of David the Gnome or just of oh. gnomes in general, not David the Gnome uh-huh. specifically, but it's the same art style. Um and so I think that maybe I'm misremembering this, but I feel like snails had some component in the gnome world that I really liked. Uh-huh. So I always have a really strong fondness for them. Like once oh. I stepped on one on my way to work and I literally cried for an hour and a half. It was oh, so awful. Oh my gosh. Mostly because the noise. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, I love snails and I love mushrooms and I love terrariums. And I just mm-hmm. think that it's like such a cool way to incorporate the cup with like sort of that naturalistic animal situation. Yes. 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 Um, I also really like judgment because I love a cicada oh, and yes. the wings look like stained glass and yes. it's just so beautiful. There's like all so of good. this like, gauzy wing action and also trumpet vine flowers and trumpet vine flowers are I really love so so I'm trying to grow some over our arbor I just love them so much so that's another one um the queen of swords has hummingbirds hummingbirds actually a lot of these are things that I see in my backyard oh and that's that's why I've selected them (laughs) like we have this there's a tree in our backyard that is just has like hummingbird nests in it and there's oh. always hummingbirds and it makes me so happy. And the queen of swords, I really like in that because I think that the hummingbird seems so whimsical, but they're also really hard workers. Yeah. And I feel like the queen of swords like doesn't get the attribution of whimsy as often as uh-huh. maybe they should. Um, yeah. So I really like the little hummingbird in that context. Mm-hmm. I also like the knight of pentacles because of my bee situation. Oh yes, 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 yes. The Knight of Pentacles is like this dark background with these beautiful, luscious pink uh, honeycombs and a bee. And 
I just like that for the Knight of Pentacles because the bees are kind of like thinking things out in advance. There's some planning. I mean, not active planning because it's instinctual. They're bees. But there's like the component of sort of preparation for mm -hmm. like long-term success. And I really like that connection for the Knight of Pentacles. And it's just cute. I think all of the gossamer wings, like yeah, between the cicada so and good. the bee, the wings just look so beautiful in this art style. They are. So I'm a huge fan of it. And then last but not least is the Eight of Pentacles. And let me just remind myself of what type of bird this is. Okay, it's a weaver, a bio weaver. And so they're the ones who create the like upside down hanging woven oh, nest. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, so, sorry, I was like, wait, are there only seven pentacles? But no, it's saying that they're working on the eighth. So it's uh. kind of like that, the sort of honing of skills and the creating mm -hmm. of having like done all this work and stuff like that. And so I just think yeah. that that kind of bird is so cool. And it's also a little bit less. Well, I maybe this is like also a component of what makes this deck so cool is that so the Southern hemisphere has really different animals than the Northern hemisphere. Yeah. yeah. And so the creator being from Australia means that there are animals that aren't as used in other animal based uh -huh. decks, which is really awesome. Yeah. I was just thinking like the variety of animals and this is to me unparalleled because we have yeah. like animal decks. We have, you know, things like that and not saying that the other animal decks aren't great, but just saying the variety of animals, like there's so many types of birds or so many types of reptiles or so many types yeah. of mammals and fish and like, like even like deep sea fish and yeah. it's just like so cool to have a creator like do this sort of intricate work and apply it to tarot and i just yeah think awesome totally awesome. and i you'll see that like a lot of animal decks maybe don't necessarily have animals on each card or might uh -huh. have overlapping animals i don't think that that's like necessarily that common but the most popular right. animal decks that i can think of are oracle decks not even tarot yeah. decks because of that kind of thing where it's hard to come up with truly meaningful, thoughtful animals for 78 separate cards. Yeah. And I think that this one really nails, like, Ambie yeah. said really nailed it. Yeah, I agree. Do you have any totally. WTF cards? I do. Oh, what is your WTF card? Not because it's bad, just because I was oh. like, what? <laughs> okay, well, what, what what's your WTF card? It is the Seven of Wands. Okay. Which has a tardigrade. Tardigrade? Oh, tardigrade. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tardigrade. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Sorry. Another thing that I've never said out loud and I've only ever read. They, yeah. A tardigrade. 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 It's like uh, the longest living, like, organis living organism animal. They're the it hardiest organisms in the planet. Then this is what it says in the guidebook. They okay. are known to survive temperatures below 1,000. No. Sorry. Below 1K? What does that mean? 1,000. It's 1,000. Below 1,000. 1,000 what, though? Oh, Degrees? 1 Kelvin, maybe? Below 1 no, Kelvin? Oh, 1 Kelvin. Which okay, is maybe. negative. Four. Look at me pretending like my freshman year of science. high school physics <laughs> is still in my brain. Uh, I think it's 1 Kelvin, which is negative 458 degrees Fahrenheit, negative 272 Celsius. While others can withstand hot temperatures up to 420 Kelvin, 300 degree Fahrenheit, 150 Celsius. They can be found on the top of mountains, at the bottom of oceans and lakes in stone and in pretty much any environment on the planet and even off of it. The yeah. Seven of Wands reminds us to channel the tardigrade's hardiness. Though you are Ugh. surrounded by different obstacles and trials, you will overcome. You're stronger than your troubles and can endure. Oh, that's so good. That's so, so good. 
It was so like, what is this? Oh, yeah. It's oh, okay. a tiny organism that I yeah. would not recognize off the top of my head. I think I remember reading that they found it like on Mars or something. So that's yeah. why I kind of knew about its existence. And then for it to be on a card was just so cool. I was just it's like, It's just yes. so cool. And it's so like, what to include that? Because there are these cards like the Quokka cards, which is just uh-huh. like stupid cute. And then the card about hard work is like something that's ugly. So ugly. It's adorable. You know, it's yeah. just like, yeah, cool. It's just so WTF. So cool. It is. Yeah. I love that. Oh, so <sighs> fun. Okay, yes. so now it's time to pull a card to represent our relationship with the deck. Uh, okay. Okay. Oh, the Queen of Wands, which is my significant. Yay! Oh, and it also has a little field mouth. It, it's so cute. It's so cute. I love, I love the rodents, all the rodents on this. All of the rodents. Give me all, all the rodents. rodents. And I got the two of wands, which is interesting because oh. I pulled that yesterday from this deck. So oh. I think that there's some planning that should be, that I should utilize this guy for. I love it. Who is on the two of wands? Who is on the two of wands? Did you hear that? Uh, Blue Jays? Oh. Let me oh, yeah, double yeah, yeah, check. Yeah, yeah. My mother is so anti-Blue Jay. Oh. Because... They, they're, they're, yeah, they're total assholes. It's the only Corvid that we're not a fan of. Uh, but no, she has like a constant battle between blue jays and hawks in her yard. Oh, and apparently it's just very upsetting. <laughs> they lose a lot of babies. Both lose a lot of babies. Yeah. Oh. Blue jays. Their beaks. In folklore, blue jays are credited as the creators of the earth, building it up with dirt when all of the world was water. Likewise, they've been termed as servants of the devil, carrying kindling to hell to fuel the fires down below. <laughs> Your mom's going to now call them servants of the devil. <laughs> yes, I know! Tina! <laughs> I need to, I'm going to send her a screenshot of this when we're done recording. That is hilarious! <laughs> I'm so glad you read that. Servants I'm so glad you read that. Servants of the devil! <laughs> I mean, it's perfect, so. Oh, my God. That is so funny. So good. (laughs) Okay, and two weeks from now, we're going to talk about the Golden Girls Tarot. Thank you for being a friend. (laughs) Welcome back again. We've had a lot of singing this episode. (laughs) I mean, it's my birthday, so it's just appropriate. Yeah. Thank you for being I forget the rest of them now. It's fine. It's fine. Transitioning to the outro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. Okay, so that's our show. We can do more singing in the next episode. Don't forget to send us your questions. We can find you can find all of our contact information at wildlytarot.com. And we are running low on questions during the summer hiatus. So if anything's going on, Love life, whatever. We can talk about that. Yeah, exactly. And also oh, and you can find all of it at wildlytarot.com. Oh. I guess I didn't actually give the URL. Oh, I didn't remember Did you I? said that or not. Okay. I don't know. I thought you said There's it. No Maybe not. Oh, well, it's, it's good for a second time. They, it's going to just ingrain in their memory even more. And as I tried to say before, also tell your friends about us and review us. It helps us grow. We really appreciate it. We just got past 100 reviews, and I'm so excited. <laughs> so maybe we will get ahead of podcasts that stopped like four years ago and in, in the ratings. <laughs> I, know. I know that we're unique. We don't talk about cards in long-form ways. 
But yeah, some of the tarot podcasts that are ranked way above us have not put out a new episode in years. <laughs> and we do this religiously. <laughs> exactly. You can also follow us on Instagram at Wildly Tarot Podcast or join our Facebook community or Discord server, which will be linked in the show notes. Yes. And also, we have a Redbubble shop with lots of merch. So if you like our face, if you like our quotes, if you just like the dumb things that we say all the time, go find our merch. It's there. Yep, it is. And remember, go forth and tarot wildly. We love you. you. Happy birthday, Esther. Yay, my birthday. (laughs) Bye. Yay. (laughs) 